There's a uh, young boy, well, he was extremely young when he was born, but from his birth, he was already set that he would be a king in his nation. He was descended from kings almost all, I think almost 3,000 years before, from father to son, it's ancestral kingship. He was one of 12 kings in his nation, and then there's a king of kings over those kings. We're talking about a, a nation that's ancient. But when he was born, his father wanted him to get a good education, so he went to a Christian school, a missionary school, where he got a very excellent education, but he also was introduced to Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And that was great, except that to be a king in his nation and to be a king anywhere in Africa, you had to commune with the dead to confirm your calling and your gifting as a king. And that was something that he didn't have peace with. Plus, there was an urge in his heart that God had been speaking to him, a call to the gospel. So what this man did was he gave up his kingship, had one of his brothers step in his place. He left his place of royalty, and he went to a nation we know as South Africa during the heart of apartheid. Apartheid means separateness. And it was a, the law in South Africa uh, up until about the mid-80s that uh, different races were separated. Of course, the white race was on top in that nation, and then uh, you had the Africans or the blacks, whatever term, because the terms there are difficult, and then they had a term they called for coloreds that were any non-white uh, race whatsoever that were mixed. It didn't matter, and those are the terms they used. But they also, as you guys know, some of you are old enough, you, you know about apartheid, at least uh, as a third party. Anyway, he went into this nation where he was the lowest of the low. He went from royalty and life as a king, born to be a king, and he gave up his right, he gave up his throne to become a servant and to ride a bicycle for 13 years. And he lived in the second largest community, fenced community called Butterworth. The largest one is Soweto. In Afrikaans, that means Southwest. That's near the capital city of South Africa. That's, we all know about that from those days and the TV reels of the violence. But Soweto was just as violent and just as dangerous. And those are basically camps where uh, native Africans were brought as a cheap source of labor and they couldn't leave that camp and pass through those fences. We're talking about a camp. I mean, that fenced area was, you know, almost the size of Texas, very large. But anyway, you couldn't leave unless you had a visa, basically a passport just to leave that place. So he went into that. He basically went into slavery on purpose to be a missionary. And he lived by faith and faith alone. And in that time, during apartheid, was able to raise up churches and businesses and encourage people and get people educated and do different things, teach them everything that was possible through Christ Jesus. And that man is here with us this morning, and uh, Pastor Devin's going to pray over him. But his name is Bishop Edward Duku. It was a great privilege to go and visit him and minister to some of the people there, and it'll change my life forever. He's a dear friend. Pastor Devin, you do the rest. I want you. Would you guys stand with me as we pray for him this morning? Amen. Bishop, come on up, man. Make your way around. Well, uh, Thank you so much. yeah, yeah. Did you guys heard the story? We have, a, yes, we have a man with us today who left a throne to go into uh, uh, basically the lowest form of, of life you can imagine. He gave up all that just for the gospel. But uh, as amazing as his story is, he's a better person. Okay, so when it comes to ministers, I am always very skeptical who I endorse and who I bring here to, uh, to speak to you guys. But I want you guys to know I fully endorse this man. Uh, he's a blessing. He's amazing. And so um, you know, as we pray for him, I want to also pray for you guys. Father, we just come to you this morning. We just believe that you have something special uh, in store for this morning. We thank you for the man who's here with us. We thank you, Lord, that he is just a servant. But he is a servant who's fully yielded to you and to your spirit. So we thank you for speaking through this powerful man. We ask that we'd be fully able and ready to receive. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can all be seated.
Come on, let's lift our hands and worship the King of Kings this morning. Let's thank him. He is the king above all kings. And when he speaks, nobody speaks. In England, when the queen passes by, people bow. They worship. The English know how to do that. Their anthem is a song. The national anthem of UK is a song dedicated to the king. God save the queen. We better know how to worship the king who is above all kings. The one who never dies and will never die. The one who is eternal. That is the one we worship. The omnipotent, the one who is all-powerful by himself. He doesn't need anyone to be powerful. He is. Come on, saints, let's worship him. Lift your hands and what a beautiful presence. I've been to churches, but I tell you, this is a beautiful praise team. I, I, I can go on for a whole day without getting tired. Grace Church, you've got one of the most powerful worship team, praise team. May the Lord bless you, brothers and sisters, who led us this morning. It was so wonderful. It was great. Father, we ask you to bring forth your word to these precious people. We thank you for our father of the house, Pastor Larry Walker and Pastor Juliana for the great work they have done. Father, thank you for the lead pastor. And this transition has been so wonderful and we see the growth. Pastor Devon and Lisa, great people, Father. Father, I had a second time. I only meet Pastor Devon in person. But it happened, I didn't drive here, so he has to pick me up. And Father, what an opportunity to learn from this man. I've been in ministry for 30 years now, but Father, this man... Shake, it changed my life yesterday as I hung around driving three hours from Little Rock and listening to him, Father. What a storehouse of wisdom, Father, in this man and grace. Thank you for the great wife, Father, spirit of excellence, Lord. Continue to take them as the said people of the house, the Moses of the house, to lead these great people to their full potential in you, Lord. Thank you for the leadership of the church the elders and pastors, youth and everything, Lord, continue to increase their wisdom and strength as they lead this your great people to all the promises you have for them. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor, uh, is there any watch to count me down? Oh, they will let me know that. I have how many minutes? I uh, have how many minutes before I take off? 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Perfect. Okay, then. It's good to be here this morning. Um, it's a delight for me, and I want to say thank, say thank you to the lead pastor and his wonderful wife for allowing me to come in. I'm very careful, just like you are. I don't just open my home to anyone, my natural home. I don't visit many people. And um, I'm very careful who I allow into my life because it has impact on you. And so thank you, you can trust me. The last time I was here, we had fellowship in your home with your dad and mom, and it was so wonderful. So I want to say thank you. Pastor Larry, without you, I've never met this great man of God. And so thank you so much for introducing me to your son, Pastor Juliana. Um, we had the opportunity of meeting together in Chicago. Lisa, forgive me, I'm so sorry. I have to take your husband away from you from Tuesday until about 5 p.m. that he came home. When he walked home, he did not even want to enter the house. He said, no, I'm missing my wife too much. I need to go back home. Uh, Pastor, brother Roy and sister Nikki wanted him to step in, but he won't do that. He wanted to come back home. He shows how much he loves you. So come on, give the Lord a clap of him for your pastor. He's such... A precious young man. I have the opportunity of meeting people all over the world. Last year, a time within three months, I'll be in 11 different countries. Last year, May, I was in Ghana. Seven hours flight for me. I went back home, and June, July, I was here with my daughter in the U.S. for four weeks. I went back August. I was in Kenya. 
September, I was in London, England. October, I was in Jerusalem, Israel, and Palestine, Bethlehem. November, I went back to East Africa, Burundi, Rwanda, Uganda, and Kenya again. And December, last week, I came back here. Thank you so much. You continue to be my host, even at church also. He is a precious. He knows how to cook. I really... Um, I was a little hungry, so I asked him to get me some food to eat, but I shouldn't have done that. When I go home, I went home, there was a beautiful flavor in the house. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And so I have opportunity of going to churches, 10,000 members, um, smaller churches, 10 people in the church. But when I had an encounter the second time, the first time he drove me to Brandon, Missouri, that was about eight years ago. He was still young. And uh, we had Tom talk, but yesterday the man really influenced my life. I want to get closer to him and learn from his wisdom. How many of you know it? It's not about age. Wisdom doesn't talk about age. That is why when Jesus was 12 years old and he went to the temple, he made an impact on the old people. I was in the Wailing Wall on a Thursday about three months ago. And on Thursday, that's where the Jewish boys come for transition into manhood, 12, 13 years old. And it's a big occasion. And uh, I came to understand what it happened and many people in the Temple Mount area, and that's where Jesus got lost. He didn't get lost, but he decided to stay by. He got consumed with the word, and the, mothers, the mother went home and the dad, and they never knew he was not there. And they have to come back looking for him. It explains the Bible so well. So I want to say thank you. Nisa, thank you so much. And my brother, we got ordained the same day with Pastor Larry Walker in uh, Illinois, LaSalle, and both of us fell under the spirit. A tall man and not a short guy. A, a, middle, a middle tall guy. Black and white lying side by side, and it was so wonderful. I never knew that one day we'll become close. But thank you for coming to TBN. Um, he shared for about eight minutes about Grace Church. And then I asked the director, I have so much favor with him, I can bring anyone from anywhere in the world anytime I want. I've been doing that for 14 years in the TBN. It was in Ottawa, now it's right in Chicago the second largest, they got 6,000 stations, the largest faith broadcast in the world, right there in uh, Aurora. And so he preached for 15 minutes again. And I think I found favor. He's very careful. He's agreed to come with me again in July. So I am happy, and uh, I think I'll be more safer if the dad comes. So I whispered to my big brother. I said, will you come with me in July to TBN in Chicago? He says, yes, I will. He's not talked to the wife, but I hope the <laughs> wife will endorse that. Because if it doesn't, you can't come. You better do that. So why don't you decide to come with her and we have fun together and share how you've come far. May the Lord bless you this morning. I want to speak to us and um, I think I've got about 40 minutes now left. I use 10 minutes of my time. I keep to time. I don't try to behave like an African man. We don't, didn't have wars, so we look at the sun to determine the time. You study your shadow to get the time. And so that is where most of us don't keep time in Africa. But when you are in the kingdom, you are a different citizen. How many of you know that? That you are a citizen of the US, but the greatest citizenship you have is the kingdom citizenship. How many of you agree to that? I want to talk about great faith this morning, great faith. Faith is more important than anything. We need to get to understand that. F-A-T-I-H, faith. Somebody defined that as fully anticipating incredible things happen. F-I-A-T-H, F, fully looking forward, fully anticipating A for that one, I, incredible, Great things, great until things age happening. And so we are here to build our faith. That is what we're here for. You don't put your faith 
Uh, father-in-law of the pastor said that he's got a good job and he worked so hard, but his source is not his job. His source is God. How many of you agree to that? How many of you agree to the fact that you need to pray for your president, vote for, but your president is not your hope. He's not your source. And so let me tell you, you live in the greatest nation. If you put your trust in your president, you got it wrong. You'll be frustrated because they are human. They will do things you don't expect. They will say things they don't have to do. But if you put your trust in God, you will never be frustrated. I'm speaking about faith. And we're going to take an example. Can you help me with uh, a verse from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7? The Bible says our faith is more valuable than gold. When you sit on the market, you sit on the TV, radio, you listen to the markets, you will see that in the markets, the greatest commodity value, mineral, is gold. And listen to those, he says that God wants to see the genuineness of our faith. How genuine is your faith? Are you going to so continue when things don't seem right. Are you going to hold on and confess that it's going to be positive? So you look at this powerful statement. These have come so that he's talking about problems and difficulties. Anyone here at time who doesn't face challenges in life? Is there anyone here who doesn't face disappointments and things you wish did not happen? Listen to what he says. He said these things, it's just when you go up, he's talking about that. To put it in the right context, when you talk of these things, you talk of trials and tribulations and problems and difficulty. And why did they happen? They happen so that our faith will be proven the genuineness of our faith. And he says, greater wealth than what? Gold. So our faith is more. And that is why I always challenge my church. Pastor Devon, the problem is most of us don't go late to work, but we go late to church. Because at work, we know we're going to get money, physical substance that does everything. But most of us don't take God serious. And so we, we, we don't play with our jobs because you don't want to be fired. But let me ask you, the Bible says our faith is more pressurable, it's more valuable than what? Gold. And if you see that, then you will not let anything stop you from working on our faith. Your faith is so important. And so he says that, our faith is more wealth than gold, which perishes through when, when it's refined by fire. And, and we want to see the, the goodness, the genuineness. I live in South Africa, the leading country, of, a country producing gold in the world. They produce half of the gold in the world. And the way they refine it is for it to go through fire. Then the brightness and the beauty comes out. Somebody, you're sitting here this morning, you're going through things you don't understand. God has allowed that to happen. And at times, you have so many questions on your mind. God wants to prove the genuineness of your faith. And when you come forth, when you go to the book of Job, chapter 35, Job says, I look for God in the north. I don't find him south. I don't find him east. I don't find him. But he knows, I know he's trying me. I'm quoting direct from Job. And he says, verse Job chapter 35 and verse number 8 and 9 says, I know when I come forth, I will come out like gold. It is so important. My scripture test, I want you to see the importance because I'm selling a commodity to you this morning. I'm here from South Africa to sell a beautiful product to you. And you know what the product is? Faith. So I want you to see the wealth of it before we take off. And at the end... This year, make sure you burden your faith. Your pastor specializes in the Word because everything is about the Word. God created the world by the Word. He sent forth His Word and heal you. Everything centers around that. And so as we take off, I want you to understand, we are going to use a scripture verse about a woman, a lady, to learn. And I'm going to talk about six things and we will be done. This morning, I want to say thank you, Brother Roy, and your wife for opening your home. I go to different homes, but you are so wonderful. The way you love each other and the way you let people feel at ease in your home. When I came in, as if we have been staying there, I didn't just come in. You are so warm and uh, very kind. I really thank God for you. Come on, church, put your hands together for them. They host. You are guests very well. 
He left his car. He can trust me with his less expensive one to drive. And so I was afraid. I said, can you pick it in the garage and leave it out? He did. I forgot my Bible hardway because I was struggling to put the key out. And so I have to turn on the way highway and go back and get it and come back. I'm waiting by me here by the door. He's so amazing with the wife. Nikki is special. They are so wonderful. How many things? Six things and we are done. Is that right? I've got 35 minutes. Thank you. I'll work with that. Promise you I will be done with that. Um, we're going to Mark's gospel and chapter number, Mark chapter 7 and verse number, I think, 24. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Listen to a conversation between Jesus and a woman and a lady. You're going to learn something great. Mark chapter 1, chapter 7, and verse number 24. Pastor, if they take much time before they throw it out for me, then they will add more minutes to my time also. <laughs> I promise you. Because it's not my fault. They are now eating my time. So if you do that, then you give me more time to finish up. Mark's gospel and chapter 7 and verse number 24. Do we have it there? Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Ty. We're talking about a woman from Ty and Sidon. He had a problem. And he went to look for Jesus. Look at something. At times, let me tell you this, you will feel this when you come to church. Make sure nothing affects your faith. Pastor Julian, the lady went, he heard Jesus have come to the city. But look at something about this here. He entered, the he there is talking about Jesus, entered the house, and he did not want anyone to know he is there. What does it mean? He's the man of the people. And so, people should glean from him, get whatever they need from him, but why is it that Jesus is hiding? That is what that proves there. He entered the house, and he doesn't want anyone to know he's in the house. Let me tell you, sometimes you come to church and sometimes you don't feel God. You don't find him. You feel empty. Why did you come here? You came here looking for God. Is that right? Every one of us. That's why we live our homes. Is that right? But there are times when you come here and look as if you cannot find him. You don't see him. And let me tell you, do not let that discourage you when it comes. He wants you to seek one of our songs. Beautiful lady, great young man as they were leading us. One of the songs say, we seek him. You must seek him. The Bible says those who diligently seek him will be rewarded. I don't know how you are seeking the Lord. Some of us, as I said, we seek jobs and we become very loyal to our jobs. But we are not loyal to him. We don't seek him with all of our hearts. I'm here to announce to us this morning, make sure that you don't let him hide. When you come here and you look as if you are not finding him, make sure that no matter where he is, you find him somebody. Oh, come on, lift your hands and say, I will find him. And come on, tell yourself, I refuse to let him hide. There are times we are human. When we come here, you feel when you lift your hands, it kiss the wall. You are not going anywhere. It, it, it looks as if you are out of place. But I want to tell you that he's right here. You will find him. The woman knew that the man is in the house. But Jesus is hiding. I don't understand that. It's just the beginning. It's going to get so interesting. And at the end, you will learn. I want to build a great faith. I want Jesus to tell me, Edward, you have a great faith. And I've told you, your faith can buy everything. If your faith is more precious than gold, gold is the most expensive currency in the world. With a piece of it, you can buy anything you want. With a piece of it, you can do anything. So you imagine, when you watch the TV, they sell gold and silver on there, and you see the value of gold. And so he says, our faith is more than that. So you can convert your faith to buy anything, to get anything that you desire in life, if you know how to build on that. But it's a process when we build that. Number one, the person you are looking for help from, the reason why you came here this morning is you need him. What a wonderful worship. We want to worship him. He's higher. He's everything that we need. But let me tell you, sometimes it looks as if you are not finding him. The woman, the lady, did not find him. Jesus was hiding. Let's go to the next verse. We are not, we are not going on this one. Let's change now. We are using the synoptics. So I'm using two of the four gospels this morning. 
from Mark and from Matthew. We will not come back to Mark again. We're going to continue the story. The same story comes along in Matthew. And Matthew expounds more than Mark does. So we're going to use Mark's account now from Matthew's account. So number one, write down number one. I said six points. Number one, sometimes when you come here, it looks as if you don't find him. You lift your hands and you don't feel the presence of the Lord. He, you, you need to be desperate enough for him. You don't have to get discouraged. So let's go to Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to stay on that until we finish. I've got plenty of time, 30 minutes, and I promise you I will be done before we get on to that. Let's go to Matthew and chapter number 15, verse 21. Thank you so much. So, I, I believe in that. I teach with a way. And I want you to be an eyewitness so that it's not as if people don't preach the way. Nowadays, we become storytellers now. Ministers, that's why the word doesn't have effect on us. As we go by that, you will see, leaving that place, Jesus reduced to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And you see the account is different. The same passage. Come to the next verse for us. So if you learn to roll up for me when I ask you, because we're going to stay on this one. Mark tells us he came there and he was hiding in the house. He didn't want anyone to know. And this one tells us he came there. And let's see what is going to happen. Why did the woman come to see Jesus? Let's go on and see something. Yes, can you help me with the next verse, please? From, this, from that same, yeah. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying. The woman came to Jesus, what? Crying. How many times do we come to the Lord crying? Most of us time come here crying, is that right? We have got different needs. Our job is not working well. Our health issues, our children, our marriage, our finances, so many things. So sometimes when we come here, we come to him crying. Is that right? Don't we do that? We come here with various needs because that is why we need him. We need help. That's why we come here. So the woman, number one, I told you that sometimes when you come here, you find it difficult finding him. You don't feel his presence. You don't feel that he's around. But don't get discouraged. Continue seeking him. You will find him. So finally, the woman found Jesus. And listen to it. It's going to get interesting here. The woman, the lady found Jesus. And then he cried to him, Son, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And listen to that. The next verse tells us what is going to happen. Jesus did not what? Number two. Number two. I know Americans are very polite. We're talking with Nikki and Roy. When you go over, you don't know what wonderful nation it is. I have a privilege going all over. Southeast Asia, um, the Arab countries, um, all over. I'll be in the Dubai just on Tuesday, Wednesday for the whole day. I leave tomorrow morning, early game home. I will not get home until Thursday because I'm going east before I go south. And um, one thing is there's no nation. At the time I will fly to Frankfurt, Germany or England or Switzerland coming down here. And when you enter any American flight, you see warmth. The playing, the joking, everything. It's amazing. This is a great nation. But let me ask you a question. What is it like when you speak to somebody and the person doesn't answer you? I was telling Brother Nikki, Brother Roy and Sister Nikki yesterday, I was telling them I was in Holland, Amsterdam, about 15 years ago. I'm lost in the downtown area. There are just canals. and I'm looking for direction. I speak to anyone and they just look at me and pass by. How do you feel? I say, I meet Pastor Larry and Pastor Juliana. And I say, good morning, sir. Can I ask you? And when I'm talking to them, they are going. What does it mean? When you speak to somebody and the person doesn't utter a word, what does it mean? It shows what? Disrespect. Is that right? The person doesn't recognize you. Is that right? The woman came, number one. Jesus is hiding. We saw that. Number two, he had an opportunity. He found Jesus finally. He started talking to Jesus, and Jesus will not speak to the woman. It does not right. There are some times when we come here, we come with our needs, we come with problems, we come with challenges, but when you speak to Jesus, he doesn't speak. He's quiet about your situation. And most of us get frustrated as a result we leave. 
We want to abandon our faith. I'm here to announce to you, your faith is being tested. God wants to see if you really like need him, that you are seeking him. Don't give up. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't give up no matter how hard it is. Hallelujah. Saints, I say, do not give up no matter how hard it is. Even if when you come here, it looks as if your prayers are not answered. Your prayers are hitting the wall. He is still on the throne. He hears you. He's listening to you. He has got a time frame. So number two, Jesus refuses to speak to the lady. Number one, Jesus is hiding. When you come here sometimes, you might not feel his presence, his touch. Don't leave. He's still here. Number two, you may feel him and you're enjoying the presence, the worship, and everything is fine, but you tell him you have problems and it bounces back to you. Nothing is done about the problem. It looks as if he didn't hear you. And number three, let's go on to the same passage. And while that is going on, the same passage, while Jesus is mute, he's quiet, you know what the disciples are saying? Will you chase this woman away from her? We don't need this woman here. He keeps on bothering us. Drive this woman away. Come on, lift your hands and say, I am desperate. And come on, somebody say, I will get what I need from Jesus. Nobody will drive me away. And the attitude, no attitude here will drive me. Some of us, when we come here, at times other people's attitude drive us away from church. Is that not right? Am I speaking to somebody? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need Jesus. It's not about you. Even though I love you, I need Jesus. And I promise you, you will never drive me away. Your attitude will never get me angry. I need Jesus. I'm staying here because I know what I need is coming from him. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, I need him. Come on, somebody say, I need him. Am I the only one? At times, I don't feel like going to church because somebody's attitude annoys me. Am I the only one here? And I'm the only one sometimes I feel like leaving the church because somebody keeps on bothering me. Are you seeing something here? Now, number one, I said I'm talking about sex things, and it's going to get interesting. This is just the beginning. It's going to get interesting. Number one, the, Jesus is hiding. The woman will not go away. He will find Jesus. Come on, somebody say, the Lord Jesus will never hide from me. He's all that I have. He's mine. And it's all that I need. And I will never let him hide. Wherever he is, I will find him. He says that I must seek him. And, I will, and diligently also when I seek him. And number two, when I get him and even he refuses to talk to me, I will not be offended. I refuse to be offended when he looks as if he's quiet on me. And number three, why he's not talking? Worst of all, the disciples will never keep quiet. They want Jesus, will you chase this lady away? He keeps on bothering us. Chase her, we don't need her. And the woman did not get disappointed. He didn't get discouraged. He will not leave. Come on, lift your hands and say, I refuse to leave Grace Church. Jesus is here. I will find him. It doesn't matter how long it takes, he will answer me. He will speak to me. I promise you. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I am happy I can come from Africa and predominantly a white church and make you talk now. Because the white people don't want to be talked. At times, they want to be quiet. That is the way you are. You want quiet neighborhood. You want everything. Is that right? You got a rowdy South African black boy here today. He will let you talk. Come on, lift your hands and shout hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. And come on, say, Lord, I will find you. And you will answer me. I'm building my faith. Hallelujah. Somebody, you are building what? But let me tell you, it's going to get hard. It's just the beginning. Let's go on to the next verse and see what is going to happen. Number four. So number one, I teach good points so you don't forget. When I was here a year ago, I taught you about the seven lessons of the ego. Is that right? And I'm teaching you six ways to get your answer from the law. Number one, don't let him hide. Number two, when he refuses, he takes long in answering you. Do not quit. Stay there. You will finally. And number three, 
Don't let anyone here discourage you, describe you, talk, and you get angry and leave Grace Church. Don't go anywhere. You are here looking for what? who? Jesus. And so nobody will drive you away. Is that right? Come on, lift your hands and say, I refuse to be driven away from this church. It's a beautiful church. The presence of the Lord is there. Why don't you say that with you? Say it is a beautiful church. And come on, say, the presence of the Lord is where? It's right where? Yeah, and that is where I want to be. That's why we sang this morning. His presence. The next verse. Now Jesus finally speaks out. And listen to what he tells the woman. He decides to answer. And listen to the answer he gives to the woman. Number one, he's hiding. Number two, he will not talk to the lady. Number three, the disciples say, chase the lady. Now he finally decides because the, leader, the woman is persistent. He will not let go. Somebody don't give up easily. So now, Jesus answered the woman and listened to that. Say, woman, I don't think I can help you. I have nothing to give you. By the way, you know I was not sent to you. I don't have anything to do with you. Is that not an insult again? I meet Devon and say, Devon, can you help me, Devon? And he said, I don't have anything to help you because you are a black boy and I'm a white boy. I don't think I have anything to help you. That is, what, that is exactly what is happening there. You are a Gentile and I am a Jew. I was sent to the Lordship of Israel, not you. You are not part of the reason why I came. And Jesus, that is not his attitude. He still wants to get onto something. Sometimes when you get a cheeky answer from someone, when the Lord doesn't do exactly what you want, do not let that affect you. Don't get away from that. Continue to stay there because your answer is coming in Jesus' name. Come somebody and say, your answer is coming in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say, I refuse to give up. No matter how hot the argument becomes, no matter how difficult it becomes, I am still holding on. Hallelujah. How many of us, by this time, Pastor Juliana will have walked away? When you get this answer, I come to you, Pastor Juliana. Pastor Juliana, please, can you help me with $20? And you refuse to talk. When I'm talking to you, your husband comes, why are you wasting your time with this boy? Let him go, sack him. And I'm still standing there, I refuse to go. And then I kept on, while your husband is chasing me, I said, Pastor Juliana, please, can you give me 20 US dollars? And then you open your mouth and say, hey, I have nothing to give you, my friend. We are not the same. You are different. I'm different. I have nothing to give you. And when you said that, you know what the woman did? It says something amazing. The woman went on his knees and started worshiping. Go ahead and show us verse 25. Look at what the woman did. When Jesus told her that, look at what the woman did. What did the woman do? The woman came and what? Knelt before him. And what did he do? He said, what? I don't like the word there, help me. That is not the right word. It's a paraphrase. When you go to the actual text, you know what it says? He said, the woman, when Jesus said that, the lady went closer and said, probably you don't hear me. I am going to kneel right in front of you. I am going to worship you. And when I worship you, I promise you I'll get what I'm looking for. Hallelujah. Can you, is there any way you can change that version? I don't like that version. You made it difficult. I want people to understand. It's very easy. Can, can you help me with another version? Is, is there someone with another version? He says that the woman knelt and what? Worship. Is there any version like that? Any version that says the woman say, worship the Lord? Come on, lift your hands and say, I worship you, Lord. My knees are still there. My problems are still there. But I worship you. I choose to worship you. I am not going away. No matter what you tell me, no matter what others are telling me, no matter how I feel here, I am not going anywhere. Come on, somebody, worship the Lord. Come on, somebody, lift your hands and worship him. Come on, lift your hands and worship you, Lord. Come on, talk to him. Somebody talk to the Lord right now. Wherever you are, talk to the Lord and say, I worship you, Lord. And I will continue to worship you because everything I need is with you. I refuse to let go. Hallelujah. So number one, Jesus is what? Hiding. Number two, Jesus finally decided to, he, when, when, when uh, Jesus, the lady find the, Jesus, what did Jesus do? He refused to what? Talk. And number three, why? Jesus is refusing to talk. What are the disciples doing? 
drive this woman away, he's bothering us. And the woman will not go. Jesus finally speaks out. And what does Jesus say? Lady, you are not the reason why I'm here. I have nothing in common with you. You are a Gentile. You are from Thai and Sidon. I am a pure-born Jewish guy. I didn't come for you. I'm sorry. And the Bible says when Jesus, the woman heard that, he said, let me get closer to you. Probably you need to hear me well. I am not going anywhere, sir. I will worship you even though you don't want to help me. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes it can get rough before it opens up. And make sure you don't give up. This is just the beginning. Let's go on and see what is happening. When he started worshiping the Lord. Listen if that will change Jesus. He started worshiping the Lord. The next verse. And you, this, look at what. When he started worshiping the Lord in front of. The, look, look at what Jesus told the woman again. Excuse me to say. Excuse me. Excuse me to say. It is an insult. He makes a statement. to I say woman I think you don't hear me well. I told you that. I am not here for you because you, I'm, I'm here for the lordship of Israel. You are not part of it. You better hear me, lady. I don't think you hear me well. You are a dog. Excuse me to say you are a dog and I cannot take the children's bread, the food that belongs to the Jewish people. Gentiles were considered as dogs when you study the Bible. So I cannot help you, lady. You are a dog. How many people can take that? Anybody here who can take that? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, be careful you don't take offenses easily. Talk to your neighbor. I want you to talk to your neighbor. A prophet is asking you to do that. Go ahead, look for somebody and talk to right now. And talk to your neighbor and say, neighbor, make sure you don't take offenses easily. Because you will miss God. Is that not interesting? Listen, brother Nikki, listen to what he tells the woman. He says, lady, I don't think you hear me. I told you I was sent to the Lordship of Israel. And so you keep on bothering me. And then let me tell you, probably you don't hear me. Let me tell you in point blank. I am sorry, lady, I cannot help you because I cannot take the food that is for my children and give it to you, dog. I can't do that. Come on, refuse to let anything discourage you. I refuse. I don't want anyone to describe Jesus to me. No matter what you care, I say I love him. He, whatever he does to me, whatever, if I go through anything, that's what Job says. Even though he slays me, yet I will worship him. It doesn't matter what you face in life. Choose to worship him. Because the final response is going to be so wonderful. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, lift your hands and worship the Lord right now as we come to a close. Lift your hands and worship the Lord right now. Come on, thank him right now. Thank him right now. Come on, somebody, I want you to be determined this morning. And listen to what, when the woman said that, listen to what Jesus says. He told him, I cannot take the children's bread and throw it to dogs, little dogs, not even a big dog, a little what? He, he described what kind of dog is it, not, not even a big dog, what, a little dog. It's so humiliating. But listen to what the woman, listen to what the woman says. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Sometimes it's good to speak out. Sometimes don't keep quiet. Sometimes speak. Have the right answer at every point. So listen to what he tells Jesus. He says, yes, Lord, I agree I'm a dog. That's what he says. Yes, Lord, I agree I'm what? I am a dog. But can I tell you something, Jesus? I am a dog, but I am a different dog. You know something? That is why I'm not going. Because sometimes the dogs... Though they don't have the right to sit on the table with the actual people to die. They wait under the table. And they pick the clams that fall from the table. So I refuse. I'm not going. Somebody come on and say, I am seeking the Lord. Somebody, come on, somebody say, wherever he is, I will find him. Don't let him go. Seek the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody do what? Seek the Lord. Do not let him go. That is why you are here. And listen to what the one that Jesus, the lady told her. He said that. And she said, yes, Lord, I agreed I'm a dog. Yet, even the little dogs eat the clams which fall from the master's table. What a wonderful way. And listen to what Jesus finally says. And that is where I want us to learn. Then Jesus answered and said unto him, O woman, 
Great is your faith. Are we going to persist that our faith becomes what? Great. And with great faith, I say, what, what, what is, our faith is equal to what? It's more precious than what? Our faith is more precious than what? What I'm building is faith. As pastor said, I live in the place where there was 94% unemployment. He's been to the city where I live. But you know what? I send my ladies all over the world. We're making history which has never happened in the city before. It's never happened where I'm living. That I took 11 people, sent them to Chicago for a week, New York for two weeks. It doesn't happen anywhere. My people are all over, and yet, when you go to my church, I still work. When I leave tomorrow morning, early after church, I'm sorry, I have to bother my brother. He has to take me to the airport because otherwise you have to wake up 2 a.m. If I came with my car, then I would have driven early in the morning and get there myself, leave the car at the airport and fly out. And I don't want to bother him, so I want to go there ahead, sleep, get up early in the morning, 4.30, get to the airport, and check in 6 o'clock, I'm on a flight to Atlanta. I get to New York, I box in, my friend in Little Rock, I box in gym equipments. We bought, we're trying to make funds so that I can send people all over the world in mission force everywhere. That is why we, we don't live for ourselves. That is why we sang in the song, it's not about us. I don't need money for anything. If I get money, it's for the kingdom. It's not for fun. I was telling somebody two months ago, Pastor Larry, I was in Uganda. And you know where? I slept in a place where there's no electricity. The room, there's no electricity, there's no bathroom, there is no water, and I have to stay there for a whole night. When I finished preaching in the night, in the evening, I started preaching at three because I've only one day there and I have to fly to Kenya and back to Rwanda. And so they wanted to get me dinner and it took them three hours to cook because they have to use firewood to light this and cook for me, put a pot on, and I have to wait. That is what I do. I'm in New York today, so there's no difference, no difference between New York and the bush in Africa to me. It doesn't make any difference. It's about the gospel. And saints, let us come to understand that. It's not about us, it's about him. And if we can live like that, you will never be in need. He's going to supply your need according to what? His, how much of our needs? All of our needs, the Bible will say, according to Rachel. And so he said, daughter... Go home. And what happened? Your daughter is what? Healed at that particular time. How many of us could do what the lady did? We will not have given up on the way. Let's build our faith. The Bible says faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says faith comes by what? And hearing what? What is the opposite of faith? The opposite of faith is what? Fear. People define fear as false evidence appearing real. And you know what it says? Fear comes by listening. And listening to what? If it is the opposite of faith. Faith comes by what? And hearing what? And that is where, and then the Bible says your faith is more precious than what? And so that's the most important commodity you need, currency you need to buy anything in life. The woman persisted, and the faith gave her what any doctor could not give her. He got it. That's why don't let the doctors have the final say in your life. God has, and you have to understand that. And since you listen to what happened, the woman persisted until Jesus used that word, woman, great is your faith. Go and what you are looking for is done. And I'm saying that faith cometh by what? And hearing what? What is the opposite of faith? And fear comes by what? Let, let's say the same. Fear. Faith, faith comes by what? Fear comes by what? And hearing the words of who? Man. Can I give you an example? Elijah was a man of faith. But when he destroyed the prophets of Baal in the mountain, you know what Jezebel did? Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. And when Elijah heard the message, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 19, he was what? Afraid. So he ran for his life. Do you see the opposite of what I'm talking about? Stop listening to the words of man. Stop listening to the news. The news, listen to them, but have a second ear when you are listening to what is going on in the news. Because it's going to give you fear. 
Most of you Americans are living in fear. But let me tell you, the government is not your protection. The government is not your guide. God is your protector. And when God is there for you, no terrorist can kill you before your time. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Stop being afraid of any terrorist. You will not die before your time. God says you have life. He will protect you. Do you believe when God says he will protect you, he can protect you? How many of you believe that? And the Bible says you will see a thousand here, and you see how many here? Ten thousand here, but it will never come against your dwelling. Come on, somebody say, I am protected. I'm covered by the blood. Somebody, I cover you by the blood. Somebody, your source is God. Don't be afraid of what is going out there of the economy. God is not your source. Brother told us that his source is not his job. His source is God. And you know, the more we hear the word, the more fearless we become. The more faithful we become. I was telling the Lord, I don't care for any politician. Because they are all liars. You don't know that. Politicians are all what? Including those in the Bible. I pray for them. But I don't waste my time with any politician. My future is not with them in the first place. Can I tell you that? Do you know David was a liar? A typical liar. He goes and begs for a place to stay in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He goes and pleads for a place to stay. He's staying with, in Akish with king called Ziglag. In the place called Ziglag with king Akish. He's running away from Saul. And when he gets up in the morning, he goes to the garrison, the border, and kills the Philistines. And when he comes back, you go and read if I'm telling lies. When he comes back and the king asks him, where did you go? I was there killing my own people. He's telling lies. How many of you know Herod told the three wise men, go and look. Look at the way he talked. Go and look for the boy. Carefully search for the boy. When you find the boy, come and give me a word so that I too will go and worship him. Was he telling the truth? Was he going to worship the king? Politicians, let's pray for them. Our duty, don't criticize them. The Bible says our duty is to pray for all those in what? Power. You like them or you don't like them, pray for them. But don't put your faith in any one of them because they are not your source. They can protect you no matter what they say. God is your protector. You imagine what happened in Fort Lauderdale just about two weeks ago where the guy flew from Anchorage. He flew from Alaska and got to the airport. Do you expect that? You don't expect that. Can the police be everywhere? You get up taking your bag, baggage from the carousel and somebody pulls a gun and kill you. You don't. No one can protect you. It's God who is our protector. It's only God who is our source. But let me tell you, if God is for you, even if he points the gun, the gun will not fire in Jesus' name. If God was able to protect Daniel in the lions, then lions have not been fed for three days, three nights, yet the lions could not touch him. Somebody's faith is coming now. God is your source. Hallelujah. And somebody, God is your protector. Oh, come on, somebody say, I'm covered by the blood. Come on, let's stand to our feet and lift your hands and say, I am covered by the blood. Come on, lift your hands and say, I am who the word says I am. And come on, say with me, I can do what the word says I can do. And come on, somebody say, I am the head, I'm not what, the tail. And somebody, you are the apple of God's eye. That is why God will not let anybody touch you. Come on, get excited about your faith. Come on, son, get excited about Jesus right now. Come on, lift your hands and shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Come on, love the Lord right now. Hallelujah. And I tell you, you will live your full potential in Jesus' name. God's word work. If you can pick somebody like me from the bush in Africa. And you know what? I was telling Pastor Deron, I've got one minute. Let me share a testimony. You know, I asked Apostle Ricky. In July, I passed through with my daughter. I went to Little Rock. Spent two days there. Left my daughter. My friend hired an aeroplane. Brought my daughter to me in Jackson, Mississippi. Early in the morning. Came to pick her up. My business friend, I was with him in Louisiana, a big company there. And I asked, oh, Ricky, come. So Ricky must go drove past here. Nine hours, I asked him to be with him in TBN. He was there with me. Then I said, a week later, can you come? I'm bothering you, but he says, I'll come, Bishop. He came, stay there for a week. My speaker I use is Benny Hens' current man now. The speaker, I've been asking him, he's coming again for the third time to join me. 
Last year, Benny Hinn asked him to come in July. Benny Hinn was doing a meeting in a big African-American church in Ferguson, right in Missouri there in St. Louis, where the, all the trouble was. So he was doing that just to bring racial tension down. A black African-American church there. And you know what? He, the guy told him, I'm not going because I have an appointment with Bishop Duke. I'm talking of a man with the largest multiracial church in the world. 71 different nations in one church. 6,000 members in Chicago. And you know what? When he came to Mississippi, he said, Bishop, I cannot understand what is happening. In my meetings, I come from South Africa and run revival meetings in Yazoo City. I've asked Pastor Devon, I've got the Methodists, the Anglican, are fighting for me to stay in their homes. And when you go there, you know what? It's just I've got more white there than black. So now I've got three speakers for the week. I decide to be the only black person. I allow the white, blacks to come, whites to come in so everybody will feel comfortable and be at home. Denominations, when you go to the south, you live here, you know what it means. And you see people running, the mayor of the city, everyone is coming here. All things are possible if you can believe. And belief is equal to faith. It's used interchangeably. Belief and faith is the same thing. Come on, somebody believe in the Lord. Come on, pastor. Believe in the Lord for what you are looking for. Lift your hands and say, I refuse to die before my time. Come on, somebody, you will do what God wants you to do. Thank you for your son. I have big things to do with this young man because I enjoy Lisa. I enjoy being with your husband. He's full of wisdom. And I'm happy he's agreed to come again. I will not push him so much because he's very careful, so he's going to run away from me. I will do it gradually. Yesterday I said, I told him, Pastor, tell me your heart. When we were coming down, he shares his heart and I have great respect. Uh, and one of the things, I'm going to get him to come down and see where the white and the black are fighting in. When I go to Jackson, Mississippi, people are coming from everywhere. Ask Ricky Musgrove. He will tell you what is happening. He's coming again this year. And I tell you, God is faithful. Somebody, it's not about you. If you get money, you get wealth, everything is just for you to live for him and be a blessing to someone. Do you know the reason why you are blessed? The Bible says, I will bless you, Abraham, so you can be what? A blessing. If you are not blessed, can, can you be a blessing? Come on, lift your hands and thank the Lord before I hand over to the pastor. And say, I'm going to build my faith. I will listen to Pastor Devon. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to build my faith solid that nothing frightens me. That I will receive whatever I'm looking for from the Lord. And my protection, my source, everything is with him. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a clap of him right now. Give the Lord a clap of him. Amen. Well, good morning. I feel a little bit boring after that, right? Uh, we're going to have a prayer time here. Um, we're about to close the service when we do. Uh, we're going to have the prayer team and have Bishop come on up. And if you need prayer for anything at all, we're going to make sure that we're here for you guys to pray with you. But we're going to do some, something slightly different. We don't do this. Look at this gem we found. Look at this thing. Velvet. Yes, it's impressive. We don't pass buckets or velvet often. Um, we don't do it for ourselves, but uh, for our guests, we are gonna make an exception. And this is all we got. So we're gonna pass the velvet, okay? And so uh, right now, if you guys just pray with me. Father, we just pray, uh, we, we received the word that we received this and heard this morning, Lord, that it would, that the word would begin to generate faith inside of us, Lord, and I ask that we be honest enough to bring the things we're struggling with, the questions, wrestling with your timing, Lord, we ask that we be willing and able to stand and wait and to persist, and Lord, uh, just we thank you for this man, and I ask, Holy Spirit, you begin to put uh, just uh, into our hearts and minds just a willingness to give and to sow into this man. So guys, uh, we're going to pass these around as we do, all the money goes straight to Bishop, uh, you know, he travels the world, he, he does uh, TV, and he drags people to go do you know, TV with him. He has a school and the church. I mean, honestly, it would take me forever just to talk about the things that, that this man has ministry do. So uh, as you guys invest some money into this man's life and his church, it's going to be able to further the kingdom all over the place. So I encourage you guys to do that. Prayer team, would you guys come on up to Bishop? Would you guys come on up to the front of the stage if you want to lead him up here? So again, uh, as we close out, remember, if it's your first time here, uh, we're so glad you're here. If you guys would uh, uh, hit the welcome desk, we have a gift for you guys. If you want to learn about the, the groups we have going on, uh, 
get to know Grace on your way out, uh, stop by the next step station. But I just want to pray over you. And remember, if you need prayer for anything, Bishop's going to be here and pray with you. Father, I just thank you for these families. I ask that you continue to allow your spirit to move into our homes, into our, our marriages, into our children, that you would allow us to be just to enter and to step into that new work you're doing inside of us, that we would be able and willing to be available to you. Use us in our workplace, use us with our children, use us in our marriages. Ask that we would be tools and vessels for the kingdom of God to bring healing and wholeness in everyone and everything in our lives. And everyone said, amen, amen. Have a great week. Remember, if you guys want prayer, Bishop's going to be here for you guys. Lay hands on you.